This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hello, my name is Jennifer Davies, and I'm the Assistant Dean of External Affairs at UC San Diego Extension, and I'm here with Phil Blair for another career talk. Uh, today we're tackling the super fun topic of resume writing. Um, resume writing, I think, gives us all a bit of anguish, what to include, what not to include. Does it have to be one page? Is it supposed to be 10 pages now? There's so many uh, mixed messages, I think, with resume writing. So Phil, uh, Phil Blair is, of course, uh, an expert in this, author of uh, Job One, and then um, heads up uh San, Manpower San Diego, easy for me to say. Um, so, Phil, let's uh, let's break down this resume writing. Well, first of all, it's not as painful as writing a term paper or a research paper Are you or sure? a PhD, and we'll prove that. Okay. So, to, for those UCSD students that are listening, it is not that painful. It is easier than you think, but there are procedures, and it's a very important piece of paper that represents you. So, we'll go into that. I think the first thing that most people have a hard time with resume writing, I think in any job search is where you're bragging about yourself and it feels uncomfortable for a lot of people. So what is that edge in terms of, you know, how much do you say I am the most awesome person in the world or how do you demonstrate that without sort of, without saying it? Yeah, I've never had that problem (laughs) uh, bragging about myself because nobody else will. So, uh, you know, it's kind of lonely out there bragging about, but you are. And um, often you need to get a group of people, four or five friends together and I suggest a couple of bottles of wine and just sort of go through and say, hey, guys, what do you think I do really well? What, what, listen, well, you're a really good writer, and I really enjoy it when you write a something. Oh, gosh, that comes easy to me. I didn't realize I'm good at that. So find out and become comfortable with what you do well and what you want to do in your next career move. And be aware of what skills you need to get now so that when you go to that next interview for that next job, you have that skill set, right? Don't wait for them to say, oh, well, geez, I wish you had, um, you know, show me some examples of your writing. Oh, I don't have any. Well, gosh, it's a writing job. And so be prepared for that. But a resume is really, really important because as an HR person, it's your introductory letter. And we'll go into cover letters, which are very important. Don't Um, Don't neglect them. But you've got to wow me on a piece of paper. Now, don't lie because I will find out. And however long you've worked for me, I will fire you if you lie on your resume because it is indicative of your ethics. So, but, and I'm saying this to everyone, exaggerate right up to the limit because you want to highlight your skill sets, right? Um, and be aware what the job you're applying for, what's important to that job. So you will, yes, write a resume, and, and not from scratch, but you will massage your resume for every single job you are seriously applying for. So you for. cannot take the, I've written my resume, and I am done. You have to, whatever the baseline resume is, you have to tailor it to the job. People pay me a lot of money to say, no, you do not have a resume. You have a flowing resume because you may want to apply for a high-tech a company like Qualcomm, right? That resume will be different than one that's a startup with two people that's struggling in somebody's garage, 
because those people are going to relate to a different skill set. If it's more of a marketing-oriented job, then your resume will highlight all of your marketing experience, what papers you've written, if you're a brand-new student, classes you've taken and excelled in, internships in marketing, and you'll highlight marketing. If you're also interested in, let's do a big story, finance, then downplay the marketing and play up all the finance experience you have. Because if I'm interviewing you for a finance job, I don't care about your marketing experience. It's irrelevant. It's a waste of my time. And if I look at your resume and go, this is a marketing guy applying for a finance job, delete. And I move on. HR doesn't like to say this, but our initial review of a resume is somewhere around eight seconds. And we're either impressed and keep going, or we hit the delete button really fast. Now, it's not deleted like gone. It goes into the storage, right? We have hundreds of applications for every job because it is so easy for somebody to see a job on LinkedIn and go, submit, 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 submit. Well, it's just as easy for me to go delete, 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 delete. So catch my attention to why you're qualified for this job. Some, of, some people read the cover letter first, and if they're enticed, we'll look to the resume. Some people read the resume, and if they're enticed, we'll read the cover letter. Have both. First of all, it shows you put some effort into applying for this job. But excite me about your skill sets and your attitude and your experiences and why you're the right person for this job. Because you want me to look at a piece of paper and go, I want to meet this lady. She sounds really sharp. Well, that's the thing. It's Because as someone who has reviewed resumes for jobs that I've hired for, there's ways to stand out in a good way, and then there's ways where you're like, no, no, no. Like, where you've got <laughs> what like, were they thinking? Where they've got flowers on the resume, um, or it's pictures. pictures. So what are the ways to stand out in a good way, and what are the mistakes that you want to avoid? Well, first of all, be very professional. <clears throat> Maybe absolute exception would be if you want to sell Mary Kay and you use pink stationery, right? Is that still their color? pink Cadillacs, right? That would be like, oh, isn't that clever? It's on pink paper, right? Okay. But that's the exception. No pictures in this country. It's illegal for me to look at this and go, oh, I don't like the look of that person, right? Don't put me in HR. Don't put me in that situation. I don't want any personal information. Recently divorced, so I have to go out and get a job, right? Do you or, want hobbies? Do you want, like, I like to horseback ride and, you know, pina coladas? Or? I do, Jen, and I'll tell you why. Because it makes the person more real and hopefully interesting. Now, let's go over the negative. A few years ago, I got a resume, and his hobby was knife throwing. And I sort of went, whoa, I'm not sure I want to work with somebody whose hobby is throwing buoy knives. You know, I had visions of the girl on the spinning thing and throwing knives at her. Wow, that's a little weird. Um, the other negative is uh, love to knit, read books, and watch um, uh, soap operas. Ooh, boring person. Ooh, I don't, but... And I'll tell you the flip of that. I play racquetball. Not many play, people play racquetball. My staff knows if we're interviewing for manpower and the person plays racquetball, hey, Phil might like this guy, right? Phil plays racquetball. This guy plays racquetball. So put your hobbies, but make them sound like you're in it. Love Midwestern cooking gourmet Midwestern meals. Come love. Are there gourmet Midwestern meals? I don't know. <laughs> I think that's a hamburger and french fries in the Midwestern. Um, might be. <laughs> but something that makes you sound interesting, like, oh, it's sort of full circuit. You know, um, 
love to paint um, watercolor landscapes. You know, so yes, put that on there, but don't put weird ones and don't put very boring ones. But that's sort of like, oh, this sounds like an interesting person to meet, and they've got the right skill sets, and um, and they're only. I'm looking for five things, and they're missing one, which we can talk about later. Is how you compensate for that missing one. But that's what your resume is about. Tell me about your experience. Tell me why you're good. And don't tell me about duties. Tell me about accomplishments. So you, what you don't want to do is, I uh, write stories. I do this. I do that. You say, I increased through my comprehensive writing strategy or whatever, I increased revenue by 20%, right? Those are the kind of things. It's accomplishments. Won these awards for my writing, etc. Um, yes, a, a simplistic example is uh, I manage the stockroom. Well, whoopee dink on that, right? Um, instead, one of my responsibilities was manning the, managing the budget for supplies, and we cut supply budget by 22%, saving $82,000. Whoa! You know, I think we got too many supplies here all the time. This sounds good. She could probably pay for her salary just in what she saves us in supplies. So you're talking about an accomplishment. Exceeded budget by. Exceeded my sales goal by. Won the President's Award three out of five years. Opened 28 new accounts. If, if as a reader, I wouldn't know what that means. Opened 28. Oh my gosh, my salespeople opened 10 a year. In 2017, I opened 28 new accounts for our firm. So not just I'm a good salesperson. But prove to me in metrics so that I'm enticed to bring you in. That's what the lead is. The resume is just say, call me, right? Let me sell myself face to face. And so if your resume, and give it to people, would you, does this sound like an interesting person that's accomplished stuff? No, you sound like you're in the knitting, watching soap operas and, uh, and uh, reading. Okay, whoa, what do I need to do to that? Well, you love to do so-and-so. Put that in there. Remember you accomplished this and this and this? Oh, yeah, well, that wasn't that big a deal. It's a big deal to other people, though. Well, it came easy to me. That's great. That's called a talent. And if it comes easy to you, it's miserable to other people. You know, giving up, um, you and I are very comfortable giving up a, a talk to a large group of people. Most people panic on that. So I would certainly play up on my resume that um, sales and marketing and making public presentations is an experience that I enjoy doing, and I've done it 42 times. You know, I'd play that up. So I think one of the questions, uh, you have different resumes for different times in your life, right? And, you know, when you're coming out of college, you might not have a deep, rich experience. So what are some of the tips for someone coming right out of college? Do you put your In-N-Out Burger experience from high school in there, or do you just concentrate on your skills? What does that look like? Yeah, that's that's a, such a good question for this podcast, because you went, I graduated, right? I don't have a job, and everybody wants experience, right? So how do I get that? Show me your initiative, literally going back to high school. Tell me, I started the chess club. Wow, so you there wasn't a club and you started one and was president for two years. Um, president of the, of the student council, president of my senior class, 
treasurer of my senior class. You don't always have to be president. But that you took leadership roles in high school. Then in college, the same thing. I had an internship one summer doing this. I went down to Guatemala and built a school for orphans for a month between my sophomore and junior year. This is what I did with my time. And you'd be surprised at how often I interview people. And I say, like, what do you, I, it doesn't show what you did in the summer. I say, oh, well, I worked on my golf game. You know, I, I got my handicap down four points. So you had three months off and all you did was play golf. And what if they'd played racquetball? Just kidding. Well, then they'd have the job, of course. <laughs> or they'd be better than me so they wouldn't get the job because have to, as a boss, I have to win, of course. You know. But I would say to these people, look, I've got three interviews. The fellow I just finished interviewing built the, the school for the audience, had two internships while in school, worked to put himself through college. This is a hustler. The one after you did the same thing. Now, who's going to get this job when you're so proud of your golf handicap? And and you need to be aware of that. So start building your resume now so you put things on it. Because it's a little hard when people read my book after they graduate. I go, I didn't know internships were important. I didn't know having summer jobs were important. I didn't have to work. Well, gosh, you do now. And I don't want to be the one you learn to have to get up every day. And be at work at 7.30 and be there till 7.30 at night, five days or six days in a row. Don't have the shock to your system be on my payroll. Pass on you. Go to the next person. So that's really important. And something I always um, want young people to know, if you are an Eagle Scout or in Girl Scouts, I think it's called a Golden Arrow or Golden Award. There's a Girl Scout equivalent. Um let me know that because at a very awkward age, elementary through junior high through senior, when it wasn't the hip thing to do, you started a program and you stuck with it for eight or ten years and you went to the pinnacle of success and made that happen during very awkward years. So, boy, if I give you a project to do, you'll finish it. You're going to finish that. And that's the kind of proof I need. And so those are the things. You need to think about what are the experiences and accomplishments that you have that actually do reflect what your talents and differentiators are. So always, when you're doing your resume, think about that. Here's At another time in life, right, you are older, and um, your resume could be pretty long because you've had a lot of experience. But you don't want people to think that, you know, even though age discrimination is not supposed to happen, you don't want them to think that they're hiring, you know, the old person. When do you, <laughs> Whatever old person is, in quotes. You know, or, 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 yeah. There are, um, I've, you know, there are people that get nervous about that. Do you cut it off at a certain point, or do you do it more not a chronological and skills-based? How would you, do, do recruiters look at that, and, and how do you finesse that? Well, let me tell you, I talk to all sizes of groups and ages. When I talk to young people, they say, well, I'm not getting a job because older people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s have years of experience and that's what all the companies want are experience and so they're getting all the jobs when I talk to 50 60 year olds I say well we're struggling because all the young people are getting jobs they know technology they know social media they'll work for less money well they're both making excuses for not getting the jobs which are not valid I'm an employer I'm going to hire the best person I can to accomplish the task I have if they're 24 I'm fine with that if they're 64 I'm fine with that 
Remember, the average permanent job in America is slightly over four years. For millennials, it's slightly over two years. They churn, right? So I'm thinking, well, I can hire a 20 for a year. Odds are I'll have them for two years. And then they'll want a new challenge and want something exciting. Or they'll want to stop working for a year and backpack through Europe. Where Sigtra has a lot of experience, but Mary has showed me where she's learned social media, right? She's, it's, not a, it's not a foreign language to her, so I get lots of years of experience. And the average is I'll have her for four years, right? I'm not hiring people for 48 years. I'm hiring as long as their skill sets match my job needs at my company. And when one of those doesn't, one of those goes out of sync, we're going to be shaking hands, bye-bye. So I'm not hiring for 30 years. I'm hiring to get this job done at this time. And maybe that's four years, maybe it's 10 years, maybe they grow within the company and they move around. So both of you let go and stop making excuses that the other people are getting the job. Because with those attitudes, nobody's getting the job. But you don't think you need to finesse it then? You don't like, I've got 20 years of experience, I should put the whole 20 years on there. To show resume should never be more than two pages. Okay, yeah. now that's a good and question. Exception, because it used to be never more than one page. Two pages. An exception is in the university world where it's a, CV. a resume that is a CV, right. I these articles were published. I did these and these, and so when those, but though don't send someone like me a book because I'm not going to read it, right? <laughs> but don't send a one pager when you have a lot to tell somebody in academia. Be aware which resume is right. But the only exception is really academia, where they, they're really into the writing and examples of all that. that. That's important. But it's two pages. And if you've been in the workforce for 20, 30 years, and you think, well, I've got like four pages of jobs. As an employer, I don't care about 20 years ago. Lump those all together. Between 1970. Seven in 1997, I sold residential real estate for four years. Then I started my own company for eight years and then evolved into developing uh, raw land into something. Just clump them. Now, there might have been eight jobs in there, but just clump them together. Okay. okay, he did real estate 20 years ago. But now I'm interviewing him for an HR position. And I am a real estate company. So, dang, I like that he's had real estate experience, but I care about his HR knowledge at this point. So just lump them all together. Okay. And don't have gaps. Okay. That's probably what you were just getting ready to ask me. Always explain them? Because you told me what you did from 97 to 207. You told me to... And then all in was there was... Were you in prison? 2009 to 2011, (laughs) there was an empty spot. You've done something. You were consulting. You were freelancing. You were doing something. First of all, you've told me all this stuff, and then you left a gap. Huh. I wonder if it was drugs, alcohol, or prison, because they didn't want to tell me about it. And most people are talking, no, I stayed home with my, my new kids, or I stayed home to take care of my ailing parents. And my wife and I made a decision that I would stay home and do it. Well, then just put it in there, 07, you know, 2007 to 2009. Um, was a caregiver to my my parents for two years. In HR, to stay home with your kids, or it was important to be home with them during junior high, maybe, or something. 
Just explain it to me because probably HR will go, good for you. You're the kind of person I want at this company that realized taking care of family is very important. And I took two years out and did that. And I would, in HR, I wish I could have done that. Or I want to be able to do that when I'm, my parents are struggling to do that. And then we move on because now you've just sort of said, I'm a warm, caring person. And you've got points for doing that. And I'm also a very good HR manager. So don't make me wonder. Because if I wonder, I go, well, I could call Jen and ask her what she did, but now moving on. Yeah, you want, you're moving quickly. Because I don't have time to call. Tell me about 207 before I even think about whether I'm going to. Well, and if you have hundreds, right? If it's easy to disqualify, it's easy to disqualify. Your finger's on the delete button. Ooh, gap. Mm, Drugs. I don't care. Delete. She sounded really good until then. So don't don't make me wonder. Tell me everything. Okay, so that's so that's a way to stand out and not a good way. So. <laughs> well, but I think we took that, especially if or if you're applying to to work for San Diego Hospice, for example, and you took two years out to take care of your parents. Wow, that may have just got you the job right then. Mm-hmm. Forget your HR abilities or your social worker abilities. You're the kind of person we want. What if you were really just out of work for two years? It wasn't drugs, alcohol, or prison. What, how do you how do you spin that? Then tell me what you did for those two years. And that is a reality in the depths of, of the, the recession, recession. There were a lot of people struggling, and especially middle-aged people that thought they were set for life. Um, tell me how you used your time to an advantage. You took lots of classes at UCSD Extension. You went back and got your master's in your field of interest. You volunteered 20 hours a week at a nonprofit that you were passionate about. And in fact, I'm now applying for a job at that nonprofit, and they know me very well. I volunteered in my, my uh, children's schools. I helped uh, struggling kids with reading lessons. I made good use of my time. I didn't sit at home on the couch and have a pity party, or I didn't go out and play golf every day of the week because I got nothing else to do. Nobody's hiring. I'll just keep playing golf. The other thing is people say, well, geez, you took a job at, we'll do an extreme, at McDonald's at like $14 an hour. You were VP of finance. You know, I did what I had to do to feed my family. And this job I am perfect for. I'm a hard worker. While I was working McDonald's on the split shift, I volunteered at the school. I went back. I got a degree in so-and-so. I'm a hustler. I'm a hard worker. And I do whatever needs to be done to take care of my family. And that's the way I feel about my career. Oh, my God, I'd hire that guy in two seconds. And that's how you have to sell it. Okay. Don't be ashamed of that. All right. Well, we've gotten a lot of great tips for resume writing. I think we could actually do an hour on this, so we'll have to maybe revisit it. But that was great. Thank you so much, Phil. You're welcome.